Ronananian. Yeah, there's a bulletin out for this. Certain, uh, I think, 0456 Civics have this issue where the bolt starts to loosen up and shear, and they, they want to change the belt routing. Um, some of the things. Imagine that. Honda made a mistake. How could that happen? Thank God for American cars. Every little thing you do. Oh, hey. The Car Doctor. First, I find out what trans this is. If this is a CVT at the 100,000-mile mark, it's overdue. And if it's a regular Honda Trans, regular Honda Trans fluid, it's way overdue. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. TheCarDoctorShow.com is the website. Get out there, podcast, Spreaker, subscribe, please. Facebook, Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor. Good, I got all the legal stuff out of the way. Let's go right to the phones. Jim in Maine. How's that for getting into a quick? Jim in Maine, 2014 Ford Focus. And um, a sputtering. Think of all the words. You ever think about all the words that cars have created and put in the English language? Right, Jim? Right? Sputter. Right, yeah. You, you know, when the aliens come here, they're going to go, what is wrong with you? I sputter. They're not going to know what the hell it means. Um, you know, sputtering. Matter of fact, I don't know what it means. What do you mean when you say sputter, Jim? Well, when you start out from a, a dead stop um, and start accelerating, it feels like you're running over washboards. So um, does the whole car shudder? And shake, or if if you let off the gas, does the does the sensation go away? Um, yes, it does. It, 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 when you're moving, it it really does shake the car. Sometimes it actually hesitates too uh, as it's accelerating, and then it'll pick it back up. And it doesn't seem to do it after you reach fifteen or twenty miles an hour. It's just when you're starting from a stop. And no check uh, engine light. You're going to tell me, right? No light. There's no lights. Uh, what little reading I've done. Uh, refers to a module, transmission module, and, and I did read that the 2014 through 16 Focus has had some issues with that. I've had it into the uh, the dealer, and uh, they reset the computer, whatever that means. Um, yeah, what does that mean? I wonder. It, but it still does it. Yeah, and and what did they think it was? Did they give me any indication? They didn't. Beyond that, they said it sometimes that they have to reset that that computer to. This is supposedly learn your driving habits, but I, I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. So right, yeah, no, I get it. Um, yeah. You know, my, my questions, and, and, and listen, my questions become this, as I'm sure they're yours. You know, is this, is, is this fault? Can you reproduce this? Is this there every time? Not every time. Um, more time, 50% of the time probably or more it, every, when I go. It seems like it happens more as after the car's warmed up a little bit. When I first start out driving at first few minutes it's okay but then it it seems to uh react after that okay uh, how, how many miles are on this a little a lot oh just under 73 all right so it's pretty young Seventy-five thousand yep. miles isn't a whole lot of mileage uh, you've owned the car since new no no i bought it used about a month ago okay and it didn't show up in the test drives and uh, about three weeks after that it started doing i had it back into the shop and they reset the computers and give it some time, and I've given it another couple of weeks, and it's it's doing it again. So did, I, it's due to go back in. Did you buy week, this? I just wanted. 
Did did you? I'm sorry. Did you buy this used from a dealer? I did. Okay. So it has some kind of warranty on it. Yes. Good. Oh, good. Okay. So one of the things, uh, you know, right off the bat, is this? Can I duplicate this? All right. And if I can duplicate this with some reasonable accuracy, I'd like to take a road test and 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 look at some of the parameters. I'd like to look and see, you know, do I detect early stage misfire looking at mode six? Do I see, uh, do I see fuel trim go lean? You know, where are some of the faults occurring? Uh, you know, it doesn't sound like a fuel related problem, but sometimes fuel trims will also show us a misfire that's yet to trigger a check engine light or trigger a pending fault and we can learn a lot looking at fuel trim fuel trims are, are a godsend sometimes i think um, in the amount of information they can give us and, and and get us to think in terms of mechanics um, what we're looking for uh, the next thing i'd like to know is are there any software updates for the vehicle i have no idea why they're doing a computer reset uh, that doesn't make any sense to me and if you think of it like this if the computer is learning your driving habits so it's it, it hasn't learned them yet, and the fault occurs that bad. Now they've taken it back to zero and making it start all over again. That doesn't make any sense, right? Why would they? Is that possible, though? Is that possible for that system to learn how you drive? Yes. Every I'll okay. tell you what. Every car manufactured in the last six to eight years has a learning curve, has a huge learning curve, and the learning curve has gotten better. But think of it like this. Anytime a mechanic says to you, hey, the car's got to learn in order to solve that problem, Bec mm -hmm. become the marketing department for that company. <laughs> right? Think of, no, hey, we're, we're, you know, you're the engineer, and you're going to go into the marketing department and say, well, listen, we got this really great way to make the cars run better. What's that? They're going to annoy the heck out of the customer by running like crap, okay, and vibrating and shaking until the car learns the customer's driving habits. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think we want to do that. Well, right? I may want to drive different every day anyway. So well, right. And, that. and that's more of what that that's more of what the 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 software adjustment is really about. When they talk about a car learning driving habits, they're talking about it more from the perspective of will it help maintain emissions? Listen, if you, me and the guy next door were all swapping around and driving your car, each one of us would drive different. I mean, that's human nature. Okay, you know, drive drive with your neighbor, drive with your family. You know, it's you know who steps on the brakes harder, who's got a jackrabbit start, who's hard on accelerator, who's slow on accelerator, and that's what the computer's trying to learn because it's trying to help maintain emissions. It's 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 not you know it's not going to prevent the car from shuttering because you drive hard and I drive easy. That's just ridiculous. That's 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 an erroneous statement. So back to the back to the problem. Um, what do I see in a scan tool? I'd like to, you know, are there any bulletins? Is there, are there any software updates? That's a, maybe that's what they're calling a computer reset. I don't think so. Usually they'll say to you, uh, most, most mechanics are egotistical, yours truly included. We like to be able to tell somebody, well, you know, we flashed the computer. Um, you know, it makes it sound official. And, uh, you know, are there any software updates for it? And then last, I would just go through basics. Uh, how's fluid level in the trans? Could I possibly have a trans acting up? Dirty, beat-up trans fluid, a, a trans problem starting that has yet to be seen. And then very last on my list, could this be a front-wheel drive problem? Could I have a bad drive axle starting to kick up? Um, tr uh, uh, drive axle and or a trans motor mount combination problem like that. So, okay. 
you know, those those are the kind of things we're looking for. But believe me when I tell you, the fact that a, that a dashboard light's not on is a good thing. Right. Um, yeah. You know, because the car is pretty smart. Let me ask you this real quick before I let you go. If you turn the key to the on position but don't start the car, the check engine light comes on, right? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure you didn't buy a used car that somebody took the bulb out of. You know, but that's that's well. Listen, it happens. You know, it's 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 you know. No, it's a reputable dealer. I, yeah. I, tr- I trust them as far as what they're doing. But yep. I just I, I just the, the point that you've given me to talk to them about when I'm in there on Monday is is good. Yeah, that'll give me oh. some talking points anyway. Just 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 the basis. And when they if they ask what's mode six, and I don't know, you know, when I talk to dealer techs, I don't hear a lot of Ford techs talk about mode six, and I think that's because Ford doesn't train. I don't know if that's a true statement. I got to watch before I say that, but I'm I'm suspicious of that Ford techs are not trained on mode six. I don't know that for sure. I don't. The ones I talk to don't seem to reference it. Um, so they may look at you funny. If they do, great. If they don't, then they'll figure out another way to deal with it. But um, is, is it, that the fuel issue you're talking about? Um, that's well. Mode, mode six. Mode six is the behind the scenes language that the computer looks at to determine when to set a fault code. So, you know, sometimes certain dealers won't acknowledge that as part of their diagnostic training. If you're an independent shop, it's something you live on. It standardizes and, and tends to make all cars. Um, we, we, we try to look at them all the same from the way of a diagnostic routine and establishing a diagnostic routine. That's the importance of Mode 6 to us. So, but um, see, see what they have to say. You've got more than enough to talk to them about. And then, well, you know, if you get stuck, please, by all means, call me back next week and let's talk about it some more. All right, sir? Appreciate it. Thank you're, you. You're very welcome. You take good care. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie, the car doctor. I'll be back right after this. For the best in car advice, give Ron a call. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Let's get on over and talk to, let's go talk to Robin in Illinois 01 Jeep Wrangler. And let's see what's going on here. Robin, welcome to The Car Doctor. Ron Anini and The Car Doctor at your service. How can I help? Nice to finally talk to you, sir. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Glad to have you aboard. What's going on? I've got a 2001 Jeep Wrangler. It's a 60th anniversary edition. I bought it brand new. Yeah, neat. I've only got got about 9,000 miles on it, so I don't drive it much every year. Okay. So I'm wondering about fuel stabilizers and putting gas in it every year. You know, I've got about five gallons left from last year. I've got the Barrymans total fuel stabilizer in it. Is it best off to add five more gallons, thin that out, run it out? Is it better off to run just five gallons out? And then, you know, the next five gallons are run, run fresh. What about topping it off at the end of the year? You know, we've always been told about condensation in tanks. Should I fill it and then put fuel stabilizer in it? If I do that, that gas is definitely going to be in there for two years. Yeah, you don't drive this a whole lot, I can tell. No, I just, uh, when the military guys come in, and I've, it's been in parades and stuff like that, so um, I've, I'm intentionally keeping it low mileage. It's just a fun vehicle. I get it out for a few months in the summer and then park it away in the winter. Right. Um, I, I think what you're doing is fine, and, and I like your choice. You know, the Berryman stuff works really well. Uh, you know, in terms of, I think everything has its limits. How old is the gas that's in there now? Um, it would be from the summer before. So I will be running that out here probably this week. 
And that's my question. You know, when I first get it out, I know I've got probably four to five gallons in it. Do I add four to five gallons fresh to thin that out from two years ago? Yeah, I would. Or would I just do better just to go ahead and run this on out? And then put in five or ten gallons of fresh gas to run it on. Um, well, because then I guess the question is, you'd run it out till you have five gallons of fuel in there if you mixed it, and that means you'd have five gallons of fresh fuel and sort of diluted diluted fuel from the previous summer, correct? Correct. Yeah, and then I'd, I'd I'd run it out. I'd run it out and okay. start and start fresh again. I think that makes more sense in my mind, and and, and okay. you know treat it like that. Uh, you know, do you start this at all in the winter time? No, no. I put it up on jack stands, take all the weight and everything off the wheels. I pull the battery, and I just I just let it sit for the winter. Is it is it in a is it in a, um, a garage or is it sitting outside in a, under a carport? No, it's a, it's it's an enclosed garage. Okay. The, the vehicle hasn't been it hasn't been wet since two thousand two. Okay. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That ought to, that that should be pretty neat. I'd like to why don't you send some pictures of that we'll put it up on the Facebook page. That would be kind of neat to see. Um, I'm okay, sure, I'm sure, I'll, I'm I'll send it to you. Yeah, I'm sure this thing is real pretty. Ron at CarDoctorShow.com, Reader's Rides, we'll call it. Uh, you know, the 60th anniversary edition was a real sharp piece. And we, we have a fondness for Jeeps anyway. We, we were a big Jeep family when the kids were around more. Um, okay. We had, we had a bunch of Jeeps running around, and my tech is uh, Danny's a big Jeep guy, too. Um, you know, cool. To, to the point, it, yeah. It's probably one of the most fun vehicles I've ever owned. Yeah. I mean, when you're running around, no top and two, no doors, everybody waves at you. When you stop at the gas station, everybody walks up and talks to you. They want to look at it. Yep. Yeah. Um, my, my father and I, when I bought this, went up to um, the Chrysler Jeep Museum, and they had a 60th anniversary display in the history of the Jeeps. So my goal is to keep this nice, keep it uh, unique. Everything on it is 100% factory Jeep stuff. I've got the top folded down, and it's got a factory Jeep boot. I've got the factory cover, and so when I get older and I pass, my goal is to donate it to the Chrysler Museum. What a what a thought! That's a that's a nice thought. You know where the uh, you know, it's, and it's an interesting story. And I, I don't really know the answer to this, but I've heard the rumor about where the word Jeep came from. Do you know? Uh-huh. Do you know where the term? Do you know? Do you know where the term or the name Jeep came from? I think it's folklore, but everybody wants to say it's it's um, kind of an acronym for general purpose vehicle. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, yeah. Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, but it is, it is an interesting story. Uh, with my driving, event. with this type of driving that I do, do you recommend any of the other um, Berryman products as far as fuel additives and stuff like that since I put such few miles on it as far as maybe a cleaner or a fuel additive of some sort? I, I don't think you're running it enough to to justify it. Uh, um, okay. You know, I mean, listen, you know, the Berryman fuel system cleaner, itself i just don't know if i would put berryman cleaner in there with the fuel stabilizer i don't know well how i don't know how well the products play together uh, use, using okay. them separately yeah absolutely if you said to me hey i'm going to run five gallons of of old fuel through it get rid of it put five gallons of fresh in throw some berryman's cleaner in in the proper proportion because it's not a full tank now and and uh-huh. and, and run that through to clean it and then put five gallons of, of more gas in it and you know use a stabilizer in that I think that's great. Um, I would agree with okay. that. Um, but uh, you know, you don't want to over medicate. Is, is what I'm trying to say. Right. You don't want to, you know, you know, not too many chemicals. Then it becomes a, then it becomes a whole separate issue unto itself. So sure. All right, sir. Sure. I appreciate your help, sir. I'll continue listening. Great show. You're Thank very you. welcome. You keep that Jeep going, right. uh, man. Yeah, nine thousand miles. Let's see. Uh, how old was I in 2001? It's um, geez, that's. Uh, 
that's quite old. Um, that's almost 18 years old, and it's got 9,000 miles on it. He's going, uh, is he going 500 miles a year? No. Yeah. He's going yeah, if that much. Yeah, he's going 500 miles a year. Um, so, neat idea. And, you know, it's interesting, right? Did you, did you listen to what he said? Him and his father. See, it's it's always, there's always that emotional attachment to cars. And that's what people that are into self-driving cars will never understand. All right? Because we look at cars, and, and the way we as a country see cars, it's that emotional attachment. It's, it's, it's where we were. You know what? I can, I, can, I can be having a really bad day, a really bad week, and I, can, I, you know, I don't want to fix cars anymore, and, 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 and why does this happen, and how did this happen? And I can think back to that little boy, seven years old, sitting on the fender of the 63 Lincoln, handing my father wrenches. And I can remember that, and it just you know, it brings a tear to my eye, and it just, okay, you know what, let's keep doing this. Dad would have wanted me to do that. And, and, and that's the emotional attachment to cars. Um, and I can still remember, you know, you, and you got to think about this. And, I, I, you know, I only realized this recently, right? You, you know, I, I think as the older you get in life, um, you're always a work in progress. You're always evolving. Um, I'm seven years old sitting on the fender of a 63 Lincoln. Now, we didn't have money. This was 1966, 67. That was an old car in 1966, right? And you'd be hand, you know, you'd get the wrenches and, Ronnie, get me a get me a um, get me a set of feeler gauges. So I'd have to, you know, how far, you know how hard far up it you know, for a seven year old to jump down from the fender of a '63 Lincoln. That's like jumping the Grand Canyon for gosh sakes. Okay, you jump down, you'd fall down actually. All right, and then you'd walk over to the toolbox, and it was always he had all his tools, you know, big toolbox. There was always in that top drawer that you could kind of you know reach up, and you'd have to jump up and grab the feeler gauge right out and close the drawer, right, all in one shot. And then you'd you'd straggle back to the car, and you'd be the feeler gauge, and you'd jump up on the fender, and you'd hand it to him, and he'd go. Wrong one. And you have to jump down again, you know, and it was just that whole process of, you know, and, and you'd come in and you'd have like a skin knee and you'd be bleeding a little bit when you were all done. And what are you doing? Helping dad fix the car. Well, try not to have so much fun the next time. And, you know, they'd, they'd patch your pants. Remember patching your pants? Um, yeah, the things you remember as a kid. Uh, but that's that's what makes cars so great. And that's it's the memories of. You know, we can remember the dearly departed or spending time with those that are here and how they, how they helped evolve us and how they helped us grow. Um, everybody's got a car story. I've got way too many of them. But then again, maybe that's why I'm the guy on radio. So, um, that's right. That's me. Hey, it's Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor rambling on. I'll, uh, I'm going to pull over, take a pause, and when we return, we're going to go and talk to Jeff up in Bismarck, North Dakota. Don't go away. working on this next kind of car because I always think of those commercials with Joe Isuzu, right? 804 Isuzu Rodeo, Jeff Bismarck, North Dakota. Where's Joe Isuzu when you need him, right, Jeff? That's exactly correct. Right. Remember that guy? So, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> got the Isuzu, four-wheel drive lights on, been to three shops, uh, one a small town shop, next one a uh, uh, very high-end um, shop that um, usually has all the tools to do whatever they need to do, and and two super qualified mechanics. 
Um, they referred me to what I call a bulldog shop where you got an old timer, okay, somebody like you, I guess, who just won't give up, okay. But I'm kind of at wit's end with this thing. I can make you feel so. I, I can uh, make you feel better. Yeah, he. <laughs> I promise, I'll make you feel Wait, better. Go. Go ahead. Okay. Um, his the uh he got the light off and and used the two wire method which i'm you know on the uh four wheel drive controller which i'm familiar with right yep and um as i'm pulling out of the parking lot the anti-skid light came on okay and then after a couple of sharp turns the anti-skid light goes out and the four wheel drive light comes back on right no codes okay um let me ask you this question and I always sure if we were at the shop, this would be the conversation. You ready? Yep. Jeff, so your your Isuzu is broken, and you're going to go, yes, sir. Go ahead. And 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 then I'm going to say, and when I find out what parts it needs, where are we getting the parts from? Do you have a source? Exactly. Well, <laughs> I look, you, you know, and that's a funny story because I looked at an encoder, what I call an encoder motor. I'm a General Motors guy. It's, uh, you know, the shift motor. Right. Yeah. Okay. And there's three of them in the whole United States. Yep. Yep. All right. One in Arkansas, one in New Jersey, one someplace else, maybe Kansas. I don't know. Okay. So, but you're right. Yeah. It's, it's, at, where in New Jersey is it? Do you remember the name of the town? No, I don't. Um, I actually sent off a, uh, you know, a used parts inquiry thing and haven't heard back from them at all. Yeah, it's it's the last time and we'll talk about your problem in a minute. But the last time I went searching for Isuzu parts, the only Isuzu dealer was in central Jersey. We're in North Jersey and they were in central Jersey. They were, it was about an hour from the shop. Hour and fifteen minutes from the and shop. And maybe that's maybe that's who I'm looking at when yeah. I'm looking at this part. And and they had a real well, I don't say they had a bad attitude, but they kinda had an attitude. It was like, You want a Suzu parts? You drive down here, you tell us what you want us to order, you pay us, we'll clear we'll cash the check. When the check clears, we'll order the parts, and when they show up, we'll call you. <laughs> I was like, right, oh, oh right. boy. I said, boy, where's Joe Asuzu when I need him? I mean, and you notice, it, it, maybe that actor passed. Maybe I shouldn't say it like this, kidding me around, but where is that guy, right? You don't see him on TV anymore. He just vanished. Um, yeah, that was his claim to fame. He did he did those Asuzu commercials. Uh, I think he appeared in one episode. Right. Of Mar- I think he appeared in one episode of Married with Children, but that's a whole other story. Um, right. He, he did. So he was, anyway, I've he, even posted. I've even posted this problem to uh, Australian forums. I'm looking where Isuzu's actually selling vehicles. Um, in Australia, they sell them as Holdens, and uh, I'm getting nothing. Yeah. Um, no one's coming back. You know, with any kind of uh, you know, with any kind of help. Right. So. Anyway, go ahead. I was going to say. So let's go back. So did they clear the memory to turn the light out? Did they did they clear the memory at the transfer yes. case? They jumpered pins one and twenty nine yes. and thirty to thirty six, and they turned the switch exactly. on, and it, it it cleared the jumper, yep. and it went through all that nonsense. Yep. Okay. And the light and the light was out. So you yep. know they light was out. Right. So they realize at that point they've got to check. They've got to go through the um. They've got to go through the checks for the actuator. 
Do they realize that? Has right. It, has anybody done that, or are we are we just assuming that? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think they have. Um, I think, you know, the guy just said uh, you're probably going to end up bringing it back more than once. Okay. okay. Um, he uh, he actually solved a uh, solved a long term problem where it just shuts off and hot and hot water or hot weather. Right. Okay, not that we have that much of it here in North Dakota, but occasionally it does get hot. Yeah, I think uh, so, I think the third Tuesday of July you guys get gets warm, the snow's melted by then. Uh, uh every once in a while, you know, um I heard a joke where uh, somebody had to chip a part out of a glacier um, you know, in order to get it because yeah. it was the only one left in the whole United States. Then you're in the so, right state. But anyway, that, yeah, you know, I get it. Um, do this. Do this before I let you go, Jeff. Not that I'm trying to get rid of you. I love you. Um, send me an email. Yep. Send an email, Ron at CarDoctorShow dot com. I I, I, okay. I I know there's more than a few commentaries on this in the database. Um, okay. Uh, and I'll be glad to convert them into PDF and send them to you. It's test procedures for the actuator. But okay, that'd be great. You know, but the uh, you know the uh, David Leisure was the actor's name. Um, but don't ask me how these things. Yeah, they just come back to me. Like, you know, it's, um, but you know, the real question is, where are you going to get parts? It's it's insane, right? Uh, you know. So let me ask you a question: Is you were a GM engineer? Is is that what is that? Did okay. I hear you right? Did you say that? Did I did I hear you say that right? No, I'm not a GM engineer. No. Or, or you didn't? Or did you work? No, for, I'm actually by trade. I'm an aircraft mechanic. Okay. Airframe right. power plant uh, instrument. Okay. All right. Well, good for you. Listen, some of the smartest guys I know are uh, uh, aircraft mechanics. So, um, uh, you know. Well, it's you know, it's along the line of your dad flying yeah. P-51s. You know, right. I mean, what the heck? Right. So you got to start somewhere, and that's where uh, back in 1972 I became a mechanic. Now listen, and I think I think the aircraft mechanics have a lot more pressure on them because, as my father always said, you know, when the engine starts to run rough at 10,000 feet. You can't pull over and park on a cloud to check it out, so you got to be sure you're right every time. And when you go low, it may get worse. Right, yeah. It's, <laughs> ooh, usually it does. Um, usually it does. So, All right, brother, you send me an email, ron at cardoctorshow.com. I'll get some information to you. Yes, sir, I surely will. Thank right. you for all your help. You're very welcome, Jeff. Good luck to you, yeah, and bye. keep us posted. Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, David Leisure... I'm going to show you how much the way I don't know why I remember the you know when I get old and I get when when I get like when I get older haha ha, I beat you to it you're old and crotchety yeah, just like you said when I get older and and I and I get Alzheimer's and I start spitting out things um, it's going to be weird what comes out of my head but I remember David Leisure he was that episode of Married with Children when Bud was on the dating game and he was trying to Bud was trying to get a date. And um, David David Leisure was the host. And every time I look at that commercial, I go, Joe Isuzu. No wonder the company fell apart. 855-560-9900. Running the name of the car doctor coming back. That's right. If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron. 855-560-9900. Speaking of Ron, here he is. Oh, that must be me. Let's get on over and talk to Ken across Wisconsin, 03 Ford Explorer. Hey, Ken, how are you today? What's going on? We're doing good. I've got a Ford Explorer that all of a sudden it started, it just started missing when you come to an idle. Okay. When you come to a stop sign. Missing really bad, and I had an auto parts store plug in a computer on to check it out, 
and it says B1, S1, B2, S1, stuck lean. All right, so so bank one oxygen and sensor I'll, stuck I'll, lean. Now, now let me just yeah. back up a second. Which engine is this? Is this the eight or the six? Is this the four zero or the four six? Six. This is the this is the this is the uh, the four zero. Well, it'd be a it's a V V six. V six. Okay. So 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 it set a fault code that that the bank one sensor one was stuck lean. Was it both banks or just bank one? No, both of them. Both of them are stuck. That's lean. why I'm actually calling you because it's hard to believe that both of them would go at the same time. Right. You didn't change them, did you? I haven't changed nothing yet. Good. No, I don't change. Don't, I don't, don't change them. Where they were, and yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think this is. I don't think these are bad O twos. So, and, and here's the here's the problem with just hey, this is what the code says. Now we've got to start to think, right? We have got to use that gray matter God gave us between our ears. And you're absolutely right. It's sort of strange that both sensors would fail at the same time, like you're like you're like you're stating. And I agree with that. Um, any other problems with this car? Now you're saying it misses or the idle is high. Uh, no, well, it, it starts up and idles, and but the idles higher than normal. All right, how much higher? Uh, on on startup. Well, no, I mean, I don't know how to explain that, but well, it, it definitely is it, idles higher, and, and know, then it, it's, it's not super fast or anything. Okay, but I mean, if 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 do you have attack in this car, you have attack in this car, right? So n normally, yep. normally when it starts up and it's warm, it probably idles around seven eight hundred RPM. Is it, is it? I really never noticed at the time. But. Okay, then how do you know it's idling fast? And I'm not being a wise guy. I'm asking that question. Is it? Is it well, just? Well, yeah. That I guess. I guess I can't say that. To me, it just seems like it. Okay. All right. So, is the check engine light on? Yes. All right. So, if if you were walking into a repair shop, not having any knowledge that anything was scanned, your comment to them would be, "Hey, I've got this O3 Explorer outside, and it does what?" It starts up and back and back out of my driveway. I drive it up to the stops, first stop sign to get onto the highway, and the idle just drops and starts irregularly running. The whole engine you can see, you can feel it missing and shaking, kind of. So it, it runs rough. Yes. Okay. And then then I can take off from that stop sign, but the next time I have to come to a stop, it seems to run fine. But until I have to come to a stop. And then it starts running irregularly or idling irregularly and running rough. Okay, so so the so the, 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 the symptom or the condition here would be that it runs rough at idle. Yes. All right. And they came up with both banks running lean. Yes, and actually they also came up with it's a random misfire code, B O three hundred. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. And I kind of, I took that, I kind of took that as maybe whatever's wrong with it. That's why it's misfiring or whatever. But I don't know what what piece or what it may be. Well, so far, what you've given me, you've given me the conditions, but we haven't narrowed it down to what's actually going on in terms of the actual fault. So you know, it's it's running rough. It's got a misfire to it, and. It's got a lean condition, all right. Yes. So you know, the next thing I want to do is I'd want to take a, I'd want to take a scan tool and go look at fuel trim. You don't have the scan tool, right? You went to the parts house. Yeah, I went to the parts house. Okay, that's all right. It happens. 
Um, you know, it's it's just that the tool's only as good as in the hands of the guy that's using it. So the next step is I know I got an engine that runs rough. I know I've got an engine that it's it uh, it, it appears to be running lean. I want to verify it. I, I want to go in and I want to look at fuel trim. You 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 started more than a few fires up there in Wisconsin, right? Sitting in front oh, yeah. sitting in front of the fireplace. Sometimes sometimes you get man that, at the fireplace. We do a lot of it. We, we we do a lot of it outdoors. Yeah, that's true too. Um, but you you get you get more than a few fires where it's a nice even burn and it's it's just got a nice warm glow to it and it's not flaring up and it's not smoky and and chuggling down. That's a nice even burn. That's a good running engine. And then if you want to go and kick it up a little yeah. bit, you go over there and fan the fire and you put a lot of oxygen into it and all of a sudden it flares up more and got a lot of oxygen in that fire. That's a lean running engine. Okay. And then every once in a while, your kids okay. want you to go out there and start that fire using some wet pine wood that's uh, soaked, and you kind of get it started, but it's smoky and it stinks, and it, it doesn't really run that rough and run that well, and it sort of coughs, and that's an engine that's running rich. It, it can't have complete combustion. Well, we can measure that with a scan tool. We can go and look and see, and, and, and one of the things we can look at is we can look at fuel trim as an actual number. And it, it, it kind of comes back to those days in high school, you know, math when we took that with the timeline and we said you got, you know, the X and the Y axis and the zero in the middle. And we, we looked at the number line and anything to the right of the number was, was, was considered positive and anything to the left of the zero was considered negative. Well, in this case, our fuel trim is lean. We're expecting to see a higher than normal number, a higher than zero number. We're probably going to see, I, I believe that code sets at 25% fuel trim. So now why is the engine running lean? And I'd be more inclined to think about vacuum leaks, intake ducts that have fallen off, and possible other issues that are creating a lean condition before I started diving into an engine that's misfiring, a physical ignition misfire. So we got to get it into a yeah. shop. We got to find somebody that understands what fuel trim is, and you can use that in your conversation. Hey, you know, my brother-in-law was a mechanic. I called him. He lives in Florida, and uh, hey, tell me he lives in New Jersey. Make me your brother-in-law, and tell me he wants you to go in and look at fuel trim. I was just gonna, yeah, and just I was just gonna say, hell, I'm gonna give you the credit, not nobody else. Yeah, and just you know, do you, ha do you guys have the ability to look at fuel trim and see if the guy understands it? If his eyes don't roll around in his head, he's the guy. I gotta go. I'm up against the clock. You call me back next week. Let me know how you make out. All right, Ken. I'm Ron and Annie in the car doctor. We'll be back right after this. Cause like a picture she was laying there Moonlight dancing off her hair She woke up and took me by the hand She's gonna love me in my Chevy van And that's alright with me Welcome back, Ron and Andy the Car Doctor. What would a week on the Car Doctor be without a phone call from Bob in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, Volkswagen Parts? Robert, welcome back, sir. What's going on? Welcome back. Yes, uh, just wanted to say thank you so much for your show. I uh, love your honesty. Uh, you give me a lots of ambition, and yes, you do give us faith and hope. Well, I appreciate that, Bob. I really do. What's going on? How'd you make yeah. out? Did you find transmission parts? Yes, I did. Uh, I spent quite a bit of time. I uh, found a uh, complete overhaul set. It's coming from the U.K., and I found a uh, tr uh, final drive gas cassette coming from the Philippines. Wow. So, yeah. It, but my question is, is, let's say if you were working on a car and you actually had 10 minutes of actual work, but you spent about four hours doing research, how would justify the bill? Spent four hours doing research. Well, and I think the conversation there becomes that when, when somebody brings you an oddball car... 
And it happens. Uh, it's not just Volkswagen. Somebody brought us a 56 old once. They understood research time got billed at this and, and parts time got billed at that. Um, you know, it becomes part of the process. Time is time. You account for it a little different, but you still got to get paid for it. But a uh, valid question, and I like the way you're thinking. Good luck, Bob. Let us know what happens. I'm Ron Anini in the car, Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.